I'd like you to turn to the book of Genesis, if you would, please. Chapter 1 and verse 4. Chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Genesis. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and that it was good. He divided the light from the darkness. We're going to share with us this morning, calling light out of darkness, or bringing light out of darkness. If you'll notice here, God did not do away with the darkness. God does not do away with our troubles and our problems and our trials. You're still always going to have them, but he separated it. But he called light out of darkness. Isaiah 61 and 2 says, Arise and shine, be enlightened, for the Lord cometh, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. God wants us to get so full of himself when they took the ark and put it in the temple where Dagog was, what happened? What happened? Somebody shouted out. He did what? First he fell down, and then they put him back up on it, right? And the next day he fell down and broke his arm and broke his head and whatever. God wants this temple to get so full of him when any darkness tries to come in here that it can't come in here. Rise and shine. Because, and we're going to read scripture here, for all the glory of the Lord has done what? He has filled the earth. He has filled the earth. Let's read another verse too here. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness of the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon you. God wants the world to see the glory that is upon the church. And not only upon the church, but in the church. And the Bible said from the time that David was anointed king, the anointing of God came upon him and never departed as long as he lived. So he died with the glory of God upon him. God wants us to be filled with the glory of God. But we have a responsibility to call light out of darkness. Everybody on this earth has some type of a problem and some type of a trouble. After World War I, the world got together and formed a commission that we would no longer have no more wars because so many people lost their life in World War I. But shortly after that, what happened? World War II broke out. 
Jesus said when you hear wars and rumors of wars, we're not in a war with tanks and artillery, but we're in a war. We're in a spiritual war. But how many know that we already won? We already won. We're winners. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world that comes against us and tries to destroy us. Romans 2.19 said that God art a guide to the blind and a light which those that sits in darkness. He's a guide to the blind and those that sits in darkness. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6 says a light to shine out, Brother James, in the darkness. We're living in dark times. You don't have to be told that. People tell me the reason I watch the news, I like to stay informed. And other people tell me I like to watch the news because I need to know how to pray. But the Bible said the Holy Ghost will teach you how to pray. The Bible said you don't know what to pray about until the Holy Ghost moves on you. He'll teach you what to pray. Amen? I tell you, God wants to see His glory in us. God wants to see the glory in us and on us for the world's sake. One place Jesus said that God didn't appear His glory to His disciples showing who I am because I know who I am. How many knows who you are today? You are the Son of of the living God. You say, well, I'm a daughter. No, the Bible said you're a son. It said everybody's a son. What it means there, everybody has a rightful ownership in the kingdom of God. Everybody. There's no respect to person. We are the sons of the most high God. Jesus said, I am the light. Well, let's go back to that. Jesus said that this glory didn't appear for my sake, I know who I am. It appeared for your sake. How I many of God's presence appears in our lives to let us really know who he is? Who he is. David said this in Psalms 18:28. Open your mouth wide. And God will fill it. We celebrated Gina's birthday yesterday at home. And the two kids got hungry. They set uh, Benjamin in the high chair. And, uh, and Marquise was going to feed him. And he sat there with his hands sort of up on the little lid. Like that. And when Marquise filled that spoon full of food, what happened? Huh? Come on, what happened? He opened his mouth wide before it ever started. He knew Daddy was fixing to feed him. How many believe that, like Ken says, how many believe that God will feed you if you open your mouth wide? I thought, my God, help me to get my mouth open. Hit me get my mouth open. Because our Heavenly Father knows what you have need of before you ever ask. You go to a physician, what's the first thing he asks you? God knows before you go to him what you need. And he has exactly what you need. And wouldn't long that Caroline began to throw her a little fit. Now I know all of y'all, y'all don't have kids that throw fits, do you? 
No, 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 you have not throw fit, do you? She began to throw herself a fit. Starla said, she's hungry. Keith was going to feed her, set her in the high chair. When he stuck that spoon, Keith asked Peggy, said, you got a smaller spoon than this? She said, no, that's the smallest I got. When he filled that spoon full and started toward her, she stopped that crying and... The Bible said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. When you hunger for God, we, we say everybody needs God, but everybody don't want God. Everybody's not hungry for God. But when we get hungry for God and believe that our father, like Benjamin, he never moved his hand. He just sat there and Benjamin fell until he got full. And same way with Caroline, when she got full, it was all over with. God wants us to get into a place in our Christian experience, walk with God, that we can call light out of darkness. Now, I'm telling you, he, he wants us to get full of the Spirit of God. Diane, why don't you come on up here? Diane's going to preach a little bit this morning. She preached to me Sunday after, Sunday, last Sunday afternoon. Afternoon. Amen. Amen. Certainly not a preacher. But the Lord did give me a revelation that has just really blessed It's making noise. Now can you hear me? Okay, sorry. Anyway, I was reading in Faith to Faith, and it was talking about when Moses stretched out his hand and split the Red Sea. And then the Three million people and all of them walked across on dry ground. So I began to think about that and what a miracle that was. And then when they got over that, there was no water. So God said, strike the rock. So I began to think about this rock. I'm sure it was huge. But he struck that and water just gushed out. And I'm thinking, wow, God, that was really a miracle. So then the Lord brought the scripture, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As I began to think on that, the Lord just filled my spirit with, I am the same God today that I was yesterday. And what I did yesterday, I desire to do today. But our pe my people have to believe and expect that God wants to do the same today. And the word same was just in huge letters. I could just see same. And God desires to do the same. And his word said, ask and you shall receive. So we have to expect today. Today God is the same God.
No? Am I on now? Okay. Good. Thank you, brother. I was helping Peggy fix lunch the other day at the house, just she and I. And uh, she said, I'm hungry for some fried squash. I said, okay, that's exactly what we'll have. We got it all fixed and battered and got the deep fryer set up and had it on 400 degrees. And I was standing there watching it. And when I dropped that squash over in there, that thing just began to boil up. And when I let the basket down, all the squash went right down to the bottom, went right down to the bottom. I stood there and watched it. And just a little bit, that squash come to the top as pretty as gold and brown. I thought, my God, how in this world could John the Revelator be boiled in oil and live? Have you ever seen anybody? We, we had a, this guy got burned in the Navy one time. The steam on that ship was 800 degrees and 600 pounds and had a little bursted place and it, 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 it tears the flesh off of you. It just burns the flesh off of you. How in the world could a man survive being burned, boiled in oil, and survive? How many believe we got an awesome God? And the same God that saved him from that burning oil is still alive today. He's still alive. His, his power has not diminished anything. Any problem we're going through like Brother Don's already said, this too shall pass. Whatever you're going through shall pass. And then we read that they put him on the Isle of Patmos to die. Couldn't kill him. So they put him out there to die. And the Bible said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. How I many don't care? Hallelujah. Somebody, I'm on hallelujah myself this morning. And I know we have problems, we have troubles, we have crises coming in our lives just like he had. But he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and he was worshiping and praising God and Jesus shows up. Amen. They tried to kill him, now they put him on the island to kill him, but he was still in the Spirit and the just shall live by faith. Whatever you're going through, keep praising and worshiping God and Jesus will show up and give you things. He'll give you things that you don't know that exist. We're going to see some light coming out of the darkness. I said we're going to see light coming out of the darkness. I say you're going to see some light that's coming out of the darkness. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. The goodness of God. Jesus says, I am the light. David said, my God will enlighten my darkness. God will enlighten my darkness. Praise God. If you're in darkness, God says, I'm going to enlighten you. I'm going to bless you. You cannot go anywhere that God can't bless you. I don't care how dark it gets and how bad it gets. God is able to enlighten. Your darkness. Your darkness. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then John 1 and 5 and said, The light shineth in darkness. When you're in a dark place, and I know Starla's in a dark place. I've never been. I can't, I can't tell Starla I know how she feels. I never tell her I know how you feel because I don't know. I don't tell a lot of people when they talk to me. 
I do not tell them, well, I know how you feel because I don't know how they feel because I never went through there. But I know one that knows how they feel. I know one that's been tempted in all points like and we are, but yet he was out without discouragement and disappointment because he knew where his trust was. His trust was in God. As long as we keep our eyes on God, something good is going to come out of this. Something good always comes out of it. Amen. Speaks, when Jesus says here that the light shineth in darkness, it speaks of his incarnation of Christ. His coming unto the world. His light becomes and drives out darkness. Some of you probably can help me, but I think light travels at, what, 268,000 miles per second. How much? Thank you. I appreciate that. 186,000 miles per second. That's how fast light comes. That's how fast Jesus can come to where you are in your darkness. Somebody shout hallelujah. He may not drive out your darkness. Here in Genesis, he didn't discard and throw away darkness. He separated light from darkness. You're always going to have problems. And I know a lot of Christians I talk to don't like that. There ain't nothing I can do about it. You're going to have problems. But in the midst of your problem, you're going to have light. You're going to have the Savior of the world. You're going to have the one that has all power, all authority, and has all the answers. Up until Jesus came, all the prophets prophesied, said, This saith the Lord. This saith the Lord. When Jesus came, you'll never find in the full gospel where Jesus said, This saith the Lord. You'll never find that. He says, I say, because he has the authority. He has the power. He's commissioned with the authority. And Jesus said, The authority that I have, I've done what? Given to me. I believe when we start operating the way God wants us to operate, the God-given authority he given us, and we start releasing and believing what God has said about us, we're going to see some mighty changes, first of all, in our lives when we release what God has given us to say. The darkness comprehendeth it not. How I many you know that darkness, I don't care how many powers of the darkness of hell comes against us, they cannot stop the light of God that's in our lives and what God has for us. He can do all he wants to. He can call up all of his little enemies that he wants to, but he has no power against the power of Jesus. We are no match to the devil, but he's no match to us because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We have to confess the greatness of God that's inside of us. And when we confess it and release it, then the enemy is driven back. The enemy is driven back. Hallelujah. Praise God. Satan and all of his power cannot stop the light from coming in our life. Calling light out of darkness, gross darkness. Jesus got word that Lazarus was sick he waited two days to go, and when he got there, Martha met him, said, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Didn't you get my message to come? Said, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. She knew that he had the power to heal Lazarus and raise him up. 
And Jesus said he shall rise in the resurrection. She believed in the resurrection. She believed in the resurrection because she said, I know he will rise in the resurrection. But she didn't know who Jesus was. Hmm? You can have a knowledge of this book and still not know who Jesus is. She had a knowledge of God, a knowledge of Jesus, but she didn't know who Jesus was. She knew he had the power to heal Lazarus. She knew he had the power, the resurrection was coming, he would get up. But Jesus profoundly said, I am the resurrection. Woo, hallelujah. How I many you know that whatever you're going through this, the resurrecting power of Jesus is right here feeling this air with his glory and all of his authority. He is the power of the resurrection to bring us out of darkness unto his marvelous truth. She didn't know that. No discredit to her. There's a lot of things I don't know, and I believe there's some things you don't know. His ways are past finding out. When he said, where have you lain him or laid him? And she said, well, he stinketh by now. He said, but where did you put him? And he went to the mouth of the grave and he said, do what? Wait a minute, he done something, he done something first. Do what? Roll away the stone. And they said, they still don't know who he is. They have acquaintance with him. He was their friend, Brother James. He slept and ate in their house. He was their friend, but they didn't know who he was. He just got through saying, I am the resurrection. Roll the stone away. They said, he stinketh by now. Scholars said his bone, his flesh had done rotted and fallen off of his bones. You talk about darkness, that's darkness. But when that rolled that stone away, he stood and opened it in a loud voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. You know why Lazarus came forth? It was the power of resurrection speaking to the dead. We may be dead in the trespasses of sin, but Christ can speak at your tomb where you in sealed and shut up because he has the authority to raise us up out of the troubles that we're in. Praise God. When I first got into church, I used to think when I get through this, boy, I'll have it made. <laughs> now, boy, I'll be glad when I get through this. But as soon as I got through that, I'd hear you knocking again. The devil will only leave you for a season. I don't want to discourage you in disappointment, but if you're praying, if you're a person that prays for the devil to leave, you're frustrating God, and you're going to frustrate yourself because he ain't going to leave. He may leave for a season, left Jesus for a season, meaning three months, and then what did he do? He come back. You're always going to be in a warfare, but we're always going to what? We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. We are winners. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12 and 22. Also, as I watched that squash fry, I thought about how in the world three men, Shadrach and Amishak and Abednego, could go through a fiery furnace was seven times hotter than it ever has been, and it devoured the men that threw them in there, and they come out. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't care what you're going through this morning. You're going to come out. And you're going to come out better than what you went in. And you're going to come out with more authority than what you went in. Jesus came out of the wilderness with more authority than what he did when he went in the wilderness. He came out of the Garden of Gethsemane with such authority when he spoke, I am, they fell backwards. 
And the king looked down in there. Said, I thought y'all put three in there. How, why, why would he even look in there when the fire has destroyed the men that throwed them in there? Leaped out and just burned them to a crisp. Why would he look in there? I believe he had something in I believe he knew something about the God that these three men served. Because when the king went down to see about Daniel, he said, Oh, God, has, oh, Daniel, has the king been able, that you serve, preserve you? And he said, Do not fear. God sent his angels and shut the mouths of the lion. But watch this. When they came out, did anybody know what the king did? Huh? He did what? What did he do? I thought somebody said it. What did he say? Well, they already burned up. But then lying down, that's what he did. But the king made a decree. Anybody that talks against the God of a Shadrach, a Meshach, and a Bendigo, I'm going to put them in that furnace. They come out with more authority than what they went in it. Every trial, every test, everything we go through, we're going to come out more victorious than what we went in. And what we went in. Praise God. Praise the Lord this morning. Hebrews 12 and 22. It speaks about an impression from the other world. You find this in Hebrews 12 and 22. When James, Peter, and John went up to the mountain with Jesus, they got a tremendous impression of another world. Elijah and Moses ascended with them, and the glory of the Lord spoke, and they fainted. But when they woke up, Moses and Elijah was gone. Only Jesus. The only God that we got to look to is not no Moses as great as he was and not Elijah as great as he was. We're the only one we look to is Jesus. There is no other way to look but to Jesus. He's the one that brought light into darkness. And now we find also... I'm not going to read them. It's found in Exodus 24, 9 to 12. And uh, said they saw the city of the living God, the general assembly of the church of the newborn, and sitting at that table eating with God. Now, we all know you can't see God. He's a spirit. When God created Adam in his image, it doesn't mean a fleshly form. Was no fleshly form because he didn't have a body. God didn't have a body. He didn't have no body. He created a body when he created Jesus for him to dwell in. That's when he created a body. But when you create it in the spirit, we are created in the likeness of the spirit of God. Male and female is created in the likeness of the spirit of God. That's why we're all of equal. You're created. But you'll find if you read, if you go home and read that, you'll find that 70 men with Moses received up in the glory of God. And they sat at the table and ate with God. Huh? 
Now, we know you can't see God and live. We know that. It just, he's just too glorious. It's just a bright light shined on Paul and knocked him down on the road to Damascus. I don't know where he's riding a donkey, a mule, or what. I don't know what he was doing, but all I know, the Bible said he knocked him down. Is that right? And the Bible said he went blind because the light was so strong he went blind. Then he was received up into heaven, in the third heavens, for three years, so to speak. And God taught him things. He said, I've never taught by man. I was taught by God. Some people say, well, the reason Paul was sent to the Gentiles because of his education. That's not true. Because Paul said, I did not come with you in the enticing words of my education. I come with the spirit and the power of God. Because if I come with you in intelligence of my education, your influence would be in me and not in God. Our influence should never be in a man. It should always be in the God that's in the person. And not the man and not the person. But always God. If you'll find that. God wants to show his glory to us. Like we have never seen before. I know I probably said this before, but I want to say it again. I'm tired of routine church. I, I mean, I'm tired. I want to see the manifestation of the power of Jesus Christ like he has promised to the church. You're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthened you. Peter shatter healed. He caught up in the, and saw a sheet let down from heaven. He saw such miraculous things. And then there are those that said only 12 saw it. That's not true. If you read this book, that's not true. The Apostle Paul said, I was born out of due season. I'm not worthy to be an apostle, but I am apostle, and I become high, and none of the authority and the gifts that they have. What about Philip? Light shining out of darkness. Out of darkness. See things we've never seen before and witnessed before. Let me ask you this question. Three men came to see Abraham. Who were they? Three men, three individuals came to see Abraham. And when Abraham seen them, he told his servant, run quickly, kill the fatted calf we've been saving, run quickly and kill him. One of them men was Jesus Christ of Nazareth manifested in the flesh. You said, how do you know that? Because he called him my Lord. You do not find people calling people my Lord in the Bible if they're not the Lord. The other two were what? Angels. They went on their road down to Sodom and Gomorrah. But Abraham sat there and ate lunch with the fatted calf with Jesus Christ manifested in the flesh. Oh, hallelujah. God wants to appear to us like it's never been seen before. Like it's never happened before. David took a sling and a stone. And the Bible said he ran quickly toward the giant. We are not to run from our darkness. We're not to run from our problems. All problems cannot be solved 
But all problems cannot be solved unless you run toward it. He ran quickly toward it. He was facing a man that was trained for war, born for war, born to kill. <clears throat> From that floor over yonder to the bottom of that beam running, this steel beam behind that, uh, that exit sign. You see that on each side? That's probably nine feet from that floor up there. That's how big Goliath was. And here comes a little old Israelite stripling young teenager in a shepherd's suit with a slang in his hand and a rock in his pouch. And he runs toward him. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. God is teaching us how to go towards your enemy. That's what he's teaching us. You're not going, hallelujah. Don't try an earthly weapon against the spiritual of darkness. Now, he had a stone, I know, and he had a sling. But he said, I'm a coming to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And the reason I'm coming, I'm going to knock you down. How many ever talked to your enemy? Sister Mary, you ever talked to him? Jesus says he don't have no part in me. Don't have a conversation with him. Don't, don't let him talk back. If you let him talk back, you're going to get in trouble. Because he, he's going to persuade you like he persuaded Eve. You tell him what to do. He don't tell you what to do. He said, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. The almighty God. So all the world. Now listen, he hadn't knocked him down yet. He hadn't killed him yet. He said, I'm going to kill you. He, the, the Goliath said, I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls. He said, but I'm going to kill you. He's a running as he's saying this. Running toward it. He said, I want all the world to know. And I want Israel to know. Israel's hid in caves right now. They're afraid and hid in caves. They're afraid to come out. But I want all the world to know. And I want Israel to know there is an almighty God in Israel. When God is for us, nothing can be against us. He was not trusting in the stone. He was trusting in God that he served to bring that giant down. Faith always speaks. David said... I have faith and I speak. Paul said the same thing. He copied after David. After he knocked him down, what did he do? Cut his head off. Then what did he do with the head? Carried it and showed him back. He put that head in his tent. How many know you need to have some reminders of the victories you won before you go to the next major battles? You need to remind yourself, listen, I overcame that. I overcame that. I got the victory over that. This looks worse, but I know that my God to whom I serve is going to bring this down too. Let me share something else with you. Book of Genesis, I believe it's the sixth chapter, there were giants in the land. Is that right? The Bible said there were giants in the land. When Canaan and the children of Israel went into Canaan. What was in that land? Huh? Giants. They went into the land of Canaan. 
when David come on the scene, there was giants in the land. The first one he met was Goliath. The land was full of giants. But when he died, he had, what's the word? I don't know, eradicated or whatever. Would not one giant left in the land when he died. Oh, God, help us. Help us to rise up that when we leave this generation that we're in, that we'll be known as giant slayers. Not slaying people, but slaying the evil, wicked spirits that comes against us and that may come against our children. God told Solomon, said, if it was not for your father's sake. Listen, the father's family members has a great influence on the children. But it's for your father's sake that I'm going to do this for you. Slaying the giant. You say, well, what is a giant? Fear, worry, anxiety, frustration, unbelief, things that robs us of our joy and our peace and our victory. When they woke Jesus up and said, what's the matter with you? Don't you care that you're going to drown with us? You own this boat, you're going to drown too, you know. What's the first thing he did? He got up and rebuked the storm. That's the first thing he did. He rebuked the problem. He came against the problem first. And then he said, peace. <laughs> peace. You can't have peace until you rebuke the problem. You can't have the anointing until you get rid of the, the problem. He got rid of the problem. And then he said, peace. Bringing light out of darkness. I'm a man that come out of darkness. I tell you, I've come out of darkness. I see some hands back there. One of my mother's regrets up until nearly she died, she didn't keep her boys in church. But thank God we all was in the church before she died. Hmm? Hallelujah. When I got in the church, I had never read one scripture in the Bible. I didn't know nothing about it. To find God, you don't need to know nothing. All you got to do is repent. And the Holy Ghost will fill your life. But to maintain power and victory with God. A lot of people get in the church, they get blowed up and just get rid of, you know, blow up. But if they don't have no root and no foundation in this, when the winds and the storms and the boogerman come, they fly away just like they flew in. Because there's no root, no ground in there. Thank God for people that give us root. Some of you in here today, you ought to thank God for your parents. They gave you some root. They helped you get established. They helped you to know what was going on. They give you some roots. Peggy mentioned the other day, we was riding around looking at the storm, the storms and things. She said, have you noticed that everywhere we've been, nearly every tree that was blown over, their roots was where? Right on the top of the ground. Oh, God. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. <clears throat> Acts 14, 7. Paul was not having a, a very easy time of things. But he was preaching the gospel in this city. And verse 8 said, 
And there sat a certain man crippled in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. This man is sitting in darkness. You don't have to be a cripple physical to sit in darkness. The world is sitting in darkness and not knowing who Jesus really is. He's a deliverer. He's a savior. He's a healer. If we as the people of God would get as serious about our health problems as we do about souls that's lost, he came to give saved souls and give us health. That's what he came for. And Paul was preaching. He was preaching. Glory to God, he was preaching. Verse 9 said, This crippled man heard Paul. He heard him. How many of you really ever heard the Lord? Hmm? I've never heard an audible voice. But I know people said they have, and I believe they did. I believe they heard an audible voice. I may never hear an audible voice. It's not going to bother me if I don't. I'm not after that. I'm after him. I'm after him. God has different people and different spirits and different relationships to give to people. But as he preached to this crippled man, and he's sitting there listening, listening. Then something miraculous happened. And Paul steadily steadfast beholding him the crippled man and perceived that he had faith to be healed now he's a cripple he ain't never walked he's just sitting there just sitting there how many know you can receive as much from God just sitting there as you can dancing and I know that confuses some of you but they're just sitting there. Acts 2, they were sitting there and they got the Holy Ghost. Cornelius' whole house was just sitting there as Peter preached and they got the Holy Ghost. They just sat there, but they was listening. They was listening. I know I've told you this story before. This guy and I, they sent us to Austin for some training. We were sitting side by side. He had this pencil on his desk, I mean, on the table there. He was fooling with this pencil. What did I think? He ain't learning nothing. Come time for exam, who made the highest score? Hello? Who? Not me. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> I was looking at him twirling the pencil, and I thought he wouldn't listen, and I wouldn't listen to him because I was watching what he was doing. But turned out he was listening. He was concentrating. But here this crippled man sitting there listening, listening to Paul preach. And he's a cripple as he preached Christ. He preached Christ. And he was listening to him preach. The Bible said in Mark 16, said they went everywhere preaching Christ, preaching the gospel, preaching the word. And the Lord went with them confirming the word with signs, miracles, and wonders. When the word is preached, when the word is spoken, Christ is there. He's there. Something else happened here. 
I want to get there. And I, I want you to get there. Peter looked at Ananias and says, Why have you lied about your money? Why have you done that? I want you to think about what to look on Peter's face. How did he know that? How did he know that? And Peter said, you're not lied to man. You lied to the Holy Ghost. The spirit of knowledge gave Peter the knowledge that he had lied about the money. He gave the spirit of knowledge. Here the spirit of knowledge is operating. And the church needs this. I need it. And I believe some of you need it. You need the spirit of knowledge. When the spirit of knowledge was revealed to Paul, that man, though he's a cripple, he's got faith to be what? To be healed. He perceived in his spirit, the spirit of knowledge gave him that, that the man had faith to be healed. And the apostle Paul said with a loud voice, with a loud voice, get up and walk. What did he do? Huh? How does faith come? By hearing and what? And hearing the word of God. By keep on hearing and hearing the word of God. He was hearing the word of God. He was hearing the word which had life in it, which was Christ, and his faith began to build up on inside of him. And the same spirit that spoke to the man to have faith speaks to Paul. Why don't you tell him, get up and walk? What did he do? I don't know about you, but that, that's a miraculous, marvelous story. After you've been, some of you've been in the hospital a few weeks, a few days, where the first place generally they send you ask you to get out of the hospital? Hello? To teach you sometime how to what? How to walk. Glory to God. When I read this the other day, I could not hold myself. I thought, my goodness, here's a man been crippled all of his life. Here's a man in Acts 3, been crippled for 40 years, laying at the gate of begging and had never walked. But when the Lord said, Peter said, get up and walk. He got up and walked. How many know that you can lay around your house a few days, just laying around, what, what's going to happen to you? Somebody going to help me out, what? You're going to lose your strength. But here he's been this all his life. But when the presence of God came upon him, he jumped up, strength come in them legs. They not only just stood up, but he leaped, he jumped, he run into the temple, he run back and forth. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to pray with me that anybody comes on this premises, comes in those doors, is going to feel the conviction of the Almighty God. The Bible says sinners cannot sit in the congregations of, of God without being convicted. If the ark, which represents the presence of God, can knock a false God down, how much more the presence of God can change people's lives? Oh, my goodness. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'd like to see them get convicted when they drive down that road. Hmm? I know I told you this story before. We watched it on a film. This guy was driving down the road, had a gun laying in his front seat. He, on a drug deal gone bad. And he was going down to kill 
some of them drug dealers had gone bad. He was driving to this church drive, and all of a sudden that car turned in there. He couldn't hold it, just turned in there. Went in there, and he got that gun out, went in there and seen the pastor and give the pastor that gun, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is anything too hard for God? All things are possible for God. It's impossible with us, but it's not impossible with God. We cannot bring people out of darkness, but the words that God gives us to give to people can bring them out of darkness and set the captives free. Going to bring them out of the darkness. And Paul stood with a loud voice and spoke, Get up, get up. Appreciate you being here today. Faith speaks. And this in verse 10 said it was done before a large crowd. Before a large crowd. He spoke that word. Get up. And he jumped up. He believes. If you need prayer, we're not going to have no music. If you need prayer, if you'll come, the church is going to pray over you. Like, heal the nobleman. He said, just speak the word. And it will be done. Glory to God. 